welcome to This Lesbian Ship is Intense. I'm V, and today we're going to talk about Season 7, Episode 2 of Druck. So normally I feel like I slash we format uh, the podcast episodes by going through what happened in a show's episode, but I just feel like my brain is spinning with like theories about why they are doing what they are doing with this season of Druck. So we're going to go through the clips pretty quickly and then dive right into my brain. (laughs) We start out with Saturday after the Halloween party and Ismael is hungover in an Instagram story that he posts, I think, or maybe Sasha posts it. But anyways, Sasha is helping Ismael take care of their hangover. And there was this one moment that just like really stuck out to me where Ismael says, thanks, babe. And the camera still has Sasha in view. And Sasha definitely does like this like double take. And I'm just wondering, does Ismael know that Sasha has a crush on them? Because it seems pretty obvious to me that Ismail or that Sasha does. And then, like, to further that, in the clip, Ismail is upset, rightly so, because Constantine bails on him. And then Sasha is like, well, we'll take my little, I don't even know what the hell you call this thing. It's a, it's like a crate. It's like a little wagon on a bike. Um, Sasha's like, we can take all of these in here. And Ismail's kind of in a bad mood. But then flirts a little bit with Sasha. And it's just like, oh, my talented, beautiful friend uh, is going to help me um, and maybe build some shelves and things like that and, like, <laughs> like, rubs a plant on his face, which sounds really weird, but it's less weird when you see it. And I'm like, okay, like, you're definitely flirting with him. And is this, like, friendly flirting where, like, I flirt all the time, and I mean absolutely nothing by it. But if I thought that somebody liked me and I didn't feel that way for them, I probably would pull back on the flirting because I wouldn't want to give them the wrong idea. And so I can't really tell if Ismael is flirting with Sasha and not realizing that Sasha is into them or if Ismael does realize that Sasha is into them and is flirting with no regard for Sasha's feelings or if Ismael is flirting with Sasha and is also interested in Sasha So I'm just, I'm very confused as to where Ismael is coming from. Then when it comes to Instagram, Kumi has posted some photos of the Halloween party, her and Fatu. And I just really appreciate that she does like the multiple photos and the first one fits her aesthetic, but then the second one is her laughing like wildly with Fatu. And it's just kind of like seeing her blend these two sides of herself, you know, the composed uh curated aesthetic that she has as the ice queen a part of the instas on instagram and then a little bit more of her soft vulnerable side as fatu's girlfriend and i love it then we have a bunch of stories zoe and lou apparently have become good friends and i'm so so bothered because they're eating these snacks and like lou takes a bite of this like gum that comes in tape form and then hands it to Zoe, who takes a bite from where she bit. And I'm just like, COVID's not over, y'all. Like, what are we doing? It's so bothersome to me. I'm so disturbed. And then we have a clip in the storage room that's, I guess, now like the hangout room. Fucking Ismael, like, did nothing to help with this shelving system. But, like, I feel takes a lot of credit with Lou. It's awkward. Sasha is clearly paying attention and jealous. Ava clocks that shit real fast. She is really good at (laughs) telling when her friends are crushing on someone that maybe they shouldn't be. 
Also, the weirdest group of friends. Like, when the fuck did Finn and Josh become bros? Ava and Sasha are there. Lou and Zoe are, like, besties. I don't know. I just... Where the fuck is Nora? Like, where... Josh, are you even worried about her? Um, God, that just makes me think of, like, murder stuff where you always suspect the boyfriend first. Wow. My brain is a fucked up place to be. Josh did not hurt Nora. I don't know what she's doing. Then later on, um, on another day, of course, because we never get more than one clip a day, Ismail goes to Sasha's for, like, Umut, Umut, I don't know how to say his name, the brother, to play video games. And while they're there, Sasha and Ismail are kind of playing music together. And Sasha shows Ismail this card that has photos of Sasha, Ismail, and Ava when they were little and friends. And for me, I'm just theorizing like, oh, my God, when they were in the equivalent of elementary school, these three were probably really good friends. And then I saw a post on Tumblr that explained the education system in Germany. So it may be that post this lower level of education, Sasha went to another school, Ava and Ismail went to the same school, but that's when Ismail met Constantine probably and then started bullying Ava, which is also why Sasha may not know about what's happened between Ava and Ismail because Sasha's like, oh, we should all hang together. And Ismail like doesn't talk to Ava at all. Like Ismail just starts following Ava on Instagram, I think, in this clip. Then in the weirdest fucking thing, uh, Finn and Zoe end up having a fight about like <laughs> food. Um... I don't even remember, but it was it was super dumb. Um, but I guess it's to explain why they're not hanging out together a bit in this week. They end up hanging out the Insta group. They end up hanging out at Lou's garage. Ismail and Lou, I guess, are kind of flirting over like how to pose uh, for photos because Kumi's trying to take photos of them. And it's I mean, I just think it's really cute with Kumi and Zoe taking photos while Constantine's being this like jealous jerk. He like comes in and literally makes Ismail and Lou move so that he can sit right in between them. And then it's clear that Lou is more interested in Ismail because she gets up and leaves Constantine to continue talking to Ismail. They make a deal, I think, like exchanging posing lessons for uh, Lou fixing Ismail's scooter or something like that and they fist bump and like handshake and there's like a little bit of a linger um I didn't think it was that big of a deal like obviously it's a deal but like I think there are some people who were upset that Ismail would do this to Constantine but then other people may be villainizing Lou for it I don't know I'm not even gonna get into that shit we get a text exchange in which Ismail well an Instagram DM exchange where Ismail reaches out to Ava and asks like, hey, do you still need help moving this football table? Um, I'll help you. Then we get a clip of them. Well, okay, no, before the clip, we get Kumi and Fatu texting and Kumi tells Fatu that Lou is in Aries. Fatu's like, I knew it. And Kumi calls her out. It's like, nah, dude, you said Gemini. And then Fatu says, it was my second choice. And I thought everything about this was just so cute. Because how many times do people do that? They're like, oh, it could be an Aries or maybe a Gemini, possibly a Scorpio. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it was a Gemini. And it's like, oh, I knew it. And it's like, nah, dude, like you gave like five options. Like the, the percentage, the possibility of you being right is increased when you are choosing multiple answers. But it was cute because people do this. And I love that their relationship is in a place where Kumi can like call around just to be like, 
LOL. Uh, no. And for Fatu to not take offense to that, I just, I thought that it was such a small exchange that really shows the development of their relationship and their interactions together. Then they decide to have an astro date together on Friday and we all freak out. Oh my God. <laughs> Q2 and the stars. Like I could not wait for Friday, even though I was already skeptical because Friday is when clips drop or like episodes drop. So I didn't have faith, but I had hope. Um, and then we get this clip between Ismail and Ava. I, I do like the way they cut this clip. So we see them doing the physical labor of moving the football table together and then sitting in silence, that awkwardness where I think Ava's had a lot of time to try and process what's happened, especially with Fatu now dating Kumi and having more exposure to Ismail at group hangs. I think that with Sasha getting back in her life that she's probably had to think about things a little bit more too. And I think probably for Ismail, that's also why they're thinking about apologizing. And so Issy apologizes. Um, I wouldn't say it's a great apology, but I do think that it's realistic for a teenager who knows they need to do a thing, but is like very scared and uncomfortable and doesn't know how to do it. And so they say sorry. And Ava points out like, you think you were just being like a dumb kid and having fun, but that was bullying and you hurt me. And my heart breaks for Ava when she says, why? Like, was it because I stopped letting you copy my paperwork or my homework? And you can just tell from that sentence alone that Ava has spent so much time wondering what the fuck happened that one of her good friends became her tormentor. And that's so horrible to me. Ismail doesn't have an answer, which is really aggravating, but I think it's realistic. I don't know that Ismail has saw and sat and thought about why he began bullying Ava. He says something to her that I think is maybe almost surface level. Like you could just like not pay attention to it. But if you read into it, the true underlying reason is there. So Ismail says, I don't know. I ha thought I had to belong to the boys and be the coolest. And I'm going to get back to that towards the end of this when I talk a little bit more about my theories. But I think that is a really essential phrasing to explore what Ismail is going through. It's not enough. I do hope we come back to it. I know that some people feel a little bit frustrated because Ava's bullying storyline has carried on, I think, between seasons five, uh, five six, and now seven. But <laughs> that makes sense. Like, drama isn't resolved in a day, a night, a year. Like, Ava is an essential part of Nora's life, of Fatu's life, and is now playing an important part in Ismail's understanding of self. Like, this shit is going to come up, and I do think that we need a proper resolution of that. I don't know if how Druck is going to give it to us, but this is a good first step. Then we see a couple of interactions via text. Ava and Fatu chat, and Ava says, you know, Ismail apologized. I don't know how I feel, like how genuine it is. Like, we'll see. Fatu is being supportive and I think hopeful. I think especially because she's dating Kumi, I think he's probably seen a little bit more of Ismail. And so she's being positive. Kumi checks in on Ismail and like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm really happy and I'm really upset. So I love that Kumi reaches out to Ismail because we've seen from Fatu's season that Kumi and Ismail are really close. Like Ismail was there for Kumi when she was 
crying over Fatu. Like, clearly they have a good relationship. And we have not seen the intimacy and the depths of their relationship in any of the clips thus far. I get that a big part of their relationship is partying and having fun and photos and all of these things. And I think that's fantastic. I think fun is really important in a relationship or a friendship. But I would love to see more of this in the videos or in the clips. So cue me checking in on Ismail. Ismail um, saying that he you know, doesn't really know how it went, like he tried, and Kumi supports him. I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly what she said, but I know it's a supportive conversation that I wish would have happened in a clip. Then there are a couple of Instagram stories that I don't care about. Finn and Josh are being bros. Kumi um, had recorded Constantine and Finn playing basketball. And then we get to Friday, and of course we don't have the fucking Astro session. Instead, what we get is fucking Ismail masturbating in bed, which apparently a lot of people were just like, ah, covered my eyes. I was too busy thinking, do they ever show women masturbating on television? Uh, I feel like it's such a normalized thing to see boys masturbate or people with penises masturbate. Um, Anyways, that's unimportant. But that's where my thoughts went. Then Consti calls Ismail and is trying to apologize with a plant, invites them out to hang with Lou. He borrowed his father's car and then they smoke weed and go on this, you know, ride. And again, I'm so disgusted because Connie and um, Ismael share this bubble gum and I'm like, stop sharing germs, you guys. Stop it. (laughs) But then, I don't know, they break into some off-limits place because that's their thing. It's what they do. I like the cinematography. I liked the lot like the colors the moment in which they look at the plant I in particularly really enjoyed I'm sure that if I stopped and thought about it I could find some symbolism about this plant that Constantine dug up as an apology to Ismael and then like you know put the roots in a garbage bag and now it looks like it's dying on the cement because they're not caring for it but that is not where my attention is today I might look into it a little bit more but I'm not looking into that symbolism right now So they're basically just out here drinking, smoking weed, having a good time. And then there is an alarm that goes off and Constantine goes up to them and says, hey, that's my dad alarm. We need to leave like now. Ismail and Lou are kind of like a little bit dismissive where they want to stay longer. They can't believe this is happening. And Constantine's like, no, for real, for real, like we need to go and is in the car like ready to leave. So Lou tries to drive because they're all high. So Lou's trying to back out and Constantine directs Lou to go a little bit more to the left and Lou listens, which results in her scraping the car against, I guess, this like wall barrier thing. Constantine freaks the fuck out, like gets out the car. Like, Well, first it's like silent. Like you just feel like that, like, oh shit. Where Ismail and Lou just like look back to Connie. Connie's just sitting in the car, like processing. Then Constantine gets out the car screams fuck shit like over and over again and is like this is not okay um and then I think Lou well I think Ismail says to Lou like Constantine's dad is really OCD if he finds out he's like done for or something like that something something that I think people could hear and not think that is a big deal like oh yeah his dad's OCD he's gonna get real pissed but could also mean something much more which is Constantine's dad is authoritarian to the degree that his punitive nature is abuse. 
And that's what we're scared about, which I think is what we've all theorized about Constantine is that he comes from an abusive household. And I definitely think that that is, I, I think that that's what it is. So Lou says to Constantine, like, hey, really, it's not that big a deal. Take it to my garage. I can take care of it. Like, no big deal. Then someone, probably like police security, comes around and like is like, what are you doing here? And so they get in the car and they tail it out of there. Oh, my God. Casper's acting in this was amazing for me. For me, it was more impactful, not when he was outside of the car yelling fuck shit and freaking out about his dad, but in the relief he expressed when he was in the car. So as they're driving away and getting away from this policeman, security guard, this authoritative figure who could impose punishment and consequence on them, you see Constantine feel this sense of relief. There's tears in his eyes. He's red in the face. He's smiling and laughing, but you know it's a smiling and laughing of adrenaline and relief and of feeling safe but not really safe. Uh, It's so hard to explain, but Casper's face portrays that so, so well to me and breaks my heart for him. I know a lot of people hate Constantine and I get it. And this is where it's so hard for me to be in fandom because of who I am as a person and the work that I do. So I work in a role where I... (laughs) see the entirety of people. Um, I see people who have been victims of things. I see people who have perpetrated really awful things. And I just see the whole of people. I can see that Constantine was a shitty ass person to Ava, even though we didn't see it. Like, you know, we've gathered enough that it really came from him. I know that Constantine was a shitty ass person to Nora when they broke up, which also in retrospect, like why wasn't Constantine more understanding of Nora? Like Nora's dealing with an alcoholic mother. He's probably dealing with an abusive mother. I mean, father, they probably could have like, you know, leaned on each other, but whatever. So all of those are true about Constantine, about him being shitty, doing fucked up shit and it not being okay. It appears to also be true that Constantine probably has a really shitty home life and part of his behaviors are a response to his environment. I do understand that not all those who are abused abuse, but it is not uncommon because as children, we learn from our caregiving people and we often perpetuate what we observe. And a lot of times in an attempt to feel safe, we become the aggressors. So I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm saying that I understand. After that clip, they do a bunch of, like, Instagram stories, which, quite frankly, I just really don't care about. It's Sasha, EC. I'm sorry, it's not Sasha. (laughs) We've seen Sasha so much, I guess I just expect him to always be there. But we see Consti, Lou, and Issy in a bunch of um, Instagram stories. And then I stayed up all night trying to see if Kumi and Fatu would have their fucking astro session. And they don't. Um... Instead, we get stories of Kumi with Zoe, which, like, I'm happy that they're together because I was like, where the hell are these two? Why aren't they hanging out? So apparently Fatu has to work late, which someone's tweet made me laugh really hard, (laughs) where they're like, who the fuck needs to work till 10 p.m. at a reptile center? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, I don't know why Fatu had to work late, but apparently she did. So Kumi goes out drinking with Zoe, and 
again, I'm pretty sure they share their drinks with straws. And I'm like, guys, stop fucking doing this to me. Maybe things are safer in Germany. You know, who knows when the fuck the U.S. will ever get their shit together. But I was really stressed watching that quickly got over it because of all of the posts. Kumi, of course, posts photos of herself looking like much more pensive and like, um, I, I don't know if I would say seductive, but like much more like model posy. I don't know. And then her photos, the, the photos that Zoe posts are them just like being, you know, silly teenage girls. And Fatu responds to one of the photos like pretty immediately with like that sweating hot emoji. And people are just like, oh, my God, Kumi knows what she's doing to Fatu, which like, yeah, absolutely. And poor Fatu, like I would be so pissed if I had to work late when I had a date. And then Kumi responds to the comment from Fatu with tomorrow and like little heart emojis. And I know some people had been saying like, oh no, they're really worried about drama coming up with Q2. And I am trying to like actively avoid and engage in denial around that. And so some people were like, oh no, are they going to get in a fight because Fatu's working late? Like blah, blah, blah. And then someone was like, no, like look at how she responded to that comment with like a tomorrow and a heart. Like you see the progression and understanding of their relationship. And that is what I choose to believe. So I think that's what happened in the clips. And now we get into what I really want to talk about, which are my theories. So I know that I've been complaining about the lack of social media content. It is something that others have been complaining about as well. I haven't been really clear as to whether or not this is abnormal or not because I've never been at the here at the beginning of a season. But I'm going to guess that it's not normal because it seems like everyone else is complaining. And I theorized that maybe the lack of social media content is in order to give us a more Ismail perspective, which is a sense of like isolation and being alone. So I don't know if it is because there are new writers and they're not doing a great job or if it is a very intentional storytelling piece in order to get us really in that place that Ismail is. And I don't know that I'm going to figure that out until a lot later. There's also been a lot of frustration from some people around the introduction of two new characters, Sasha and Lou, when there are other characters that we would like to see develop more, primarily Yara. And especially with the lack of social media right now, a bunch of characters we already know and love who we're not getting screen time with. A lot of the episodes or a lot of the clips include Sasha and Lou, and I get how that's building frustrations. But with the episode playing this past Friday, I'm starting to think that I know where they're going with the story, maybe. <laughs> Let's see if in a couple of weeks I look back at this and I'm just like, wow, you are so stupid and so off. But I think about Ismael's story, how we all think that it's going to be about there being gender non-binary. And I'm going to come back to that. But I wonder if all of this is going to come into that. So we have two new characters someone who we assume to be male, someone who we assume to be female. So this dichotomy, we've got, you know, two, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum, societal standard of the spectrum. You know, um, the world for the most part splits things up as male versus female. And that is, you know, two ends of a spectrum and there is no in-between kind of thing. And so we've got the introduction of uh, Sasha male, Lou female. And then we find out that Sasha is someone that Ismail went to school with when they were younger. And Lou is someone that they have met and, Isma and uh, Constantine is interested in. 
So we start to see a little bit of the two sides of Ismael. You know, watching Ismael interact with Sasha when they were hung over, watching them uh, do the music together, talking about how they were these cute little kids and friends with Ava, just like really makes me think of a much more innocent version of Ismael. And then when we think about Ismael with Constantine and in the context of the Instas, Ismael is fashion icon, confident, um, dismissive. I mean, I really didn't like Ismael when they kicked Nora out of the group in order to protect Constantine. I didn't like Ismael when they sat with Fatu at the New Year's Eve thing and was like boring and left. Like I didn't know how to read those things. So I feel like Ismael within the Insta group is more aloof, uninterested, really all about the partying, drinking, fashion, things of that nature. And those are two very different types of people. You know, how do you reconcile the bully with this adorable little child who was friends with the one who was bullied? Those feel like two very opposite ends. And how are those the same person? Then the Druck Instagram has posted about, you know, like, oh, love triangle, love square, love rhombus. I don't even know what the hell shape they are referring to, but they're like, love messiness um and I think it's like a red herring I think they want us to think that this is about a love triangle and I think it's more about identity I think that by putting two new people in who are male female and both looking as prospective love interests they're also potentially telling us a story of Ismail choosing the two options that are often presented to people heterosexuality homosexuality girl boy you know, kind, mean, you know, who is Ismael? And Ismael isn't living on a dichotomy. Ismael is not presenting completely masculinely, nor is he presenting completely femininely. So is the creation of Lou and Sasha in here and the roles that they play in attraction and friend group, social group, social dynamics intended to be a parallel for the greater story of being gender non-binary you know in addition to non-binary are we potentially exploring pansexuality or bisexuality you know yeah I don't know if that's something that they're going to explore or not but I do think there's this sense of like what I should do and what I want Um, you know we talk about heteronormativity and oh what's that phrase where people always think they're straight complicit heterosexuality um, or complicit heteronormativity. I'm not sure which. But is Ismail attracted to Lou or does Ismail think that they should be attracted to Lou? Is Ismail attracted to Sasha? I don't know. (laughs) I really don't know who Ismail is attracted to. So there's that, you know. Who is he attracted to, should be attracted to, is allowed to be attracted to type of thing. Then we see how Sasha and Lou are two very different personalities. Sasha fits in, or Sasha is, when when Ismail was more innocent, probably before they had a great sense of self, um, prior to the bullying, prior to the relationship with um, Constantine, that friendship seems seems a lot more pure to me of musical nature. It seems as if though Ava was a bit of a nerd, so I wonder if they all were pretty into their education So there's that with Sasha. Then we have Lou. Oh, my God. And they're totally doing it with the names, too. Like, they're showing 
fluidity and nonconformity. We have Sasha, who we assume to be cis male, with a name that is often associated with women. And we have Lou, who we assume to be cis female, with a name that's often associated with male. Like, they are so playing with this, like, dichotomy, non-binary, fluidity, spectrum thing here. So anyways, Lou is someone who seems more like Constantine is you know, wanting to go and break into places and smoke weed and get drunk and drive off and be a bit more reckless. And Ismail had talked about with Ava where they felt like they needed to be one of the boys and cool. And did little Ismail start to have this revelation around feeling gender nonconforming? And out of fear of retaliation from others, aligned with someone who felt like they could provide them a sense of safety. And so Ismail does want to be cool and does like some of these things to some degree, but is also very much still that musical, artistic, more pensive kid. And they're struggling with melding both of these existences together in the way that it can be difficult to meld masculinity and femininity together. How do you hold both of those things um, in a society that tells us that they are two very separate things? So, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess that's really my point is I think that the story isn't necessarily about Ismail falling in love. I don't think that they're going to tell a toxic relationship storyline like I think we all thought they were going to do. I think that they are going to talk about the complexity of... <laughs> of being a human being and the multitudes that we hold within us and the way that we can hold things that feel opposing but aren't because they both can coexist even if they don't seem like they can or should. So being masculine and being feminine, um, being gender non-binary, we don't know what um, Ismail's sexuality is going to be. And Ismail can also be that sweet kid who's scared of being treated poorly and can also be an asshole who likes to do stupid things like get drunk and break into buildings um, and struggle with melting those two parts of his identity. I think some people might say like Ismail has already incorporated the sense of self as they do push boundaries on what is what they wear and how they present. But you also see that there might be some hesitation there within the family context because I don't remember if there was something that happened with Ismail and the mom that gave that vibe to me, but definitely with the brother. So when they were at the soccer field, you know, Ismail seems really confident and okay with self, but then when that kid comes over, doesn't say anything, and brother pushes him off. Then when they are at Sasha's, Sasha makes a joke about them, like, having a wedding planner booked because Lou thought they were dating, and Ismail says jokingly, do you want to be my wife, baby? Or something like that. And the brother says, what kind of nonsense are you talking here? So definitely, and then and then Ismail throws, Ismail tells him to like, I don't know, pay attention to his games, like blows it off type of thing. So I'm wondering if even though Ismail seems to us, the audience, as this confident person who has an understanding of self, Maybe there's less understanding than we think there is and a lot more fear, um, which is very human. And I'm interested to see how they're going to have this play out. So those are my thoughts. Um, again, my constant complaint. 
stop telling us that Kumi and Fatu are going to do cute things if you're not going to show it to us. Like, what the fuck? We had so much cute Spiderwitz shit. Spiderwitz? Spiderwitz? I don't know how you say it. Um, between Nora and Josh in season six, I want more Q2 content. Like, I get it. It's not their season, and they have given us some good stuff. Maybe I'm being greedy, and it's not going to change because I wanted a Kumi season, and I'm not getting that. So can I just get some more fucking Instagram content? I'm going to hope that we will get some Q2 content today because yesterday's Instagram post said Morgan with little hearts. So I'm hoping that we will get something. Where's my clown makeup? Anyways, I will see y'all in a week. Hope you enjoyed this. Bye. This lesbian ship is intense. It's a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.